receive more wisdom. Um, and that's one of the things that specifically says in the Bible, you ask for wisdom, he gives it to you, and you guys asked for me, and he gave it to me, and that's awesome. So thank you. Um, that's cool that we can do that for each other, we can pray, we can receive together. It is good. Okay. That was a good time of worship. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, iPod. Um, who, when we are singing the line, we are the church, who gets excited about that? Yeah. Yeah? Woo! Woo! Good, good. How about, we are the hope for this earth? Yeah. 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 I think that, that second one sounds slightly more exciting to me. Um, and we are the church. Um, but that's good. I've got a slight whoop. Uh, I, I mean, they're both, they're both incredibly, incredibly exciting. Um, so I hope tonight what I'm going to talk about is just going to touch on why that is so exciting and why that is actually something that's true. Um, we're going to be talking about the unity of the spirit. So we've been talking in all term about um, the Holy Spirit, and tonight we're going to talk about the unity of the Spirit. So it's something that is from him, to do with him, therefore it fits what we've been doing, and it's also just, it's going to be great to hear about, I hope. So let's get started with reading Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, which is going to appear. There it is. Oh, nice. Um, anyone want to read it? Toby, you're just on fire tonight. Go for it. <clears throat> I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to you. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians um, 4, colon, <laughs> That's where it is. We need to find it later. Um, give it another click. One more click. There. Unity of spirit. That is just to assure you all that what I'm speaking on, I haven't completely come up with myself. Because <laughs> um, no one would want that. Um, also, I choose a different subject, probably. But God chose this one in his Bible. He wrote about it. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, this is actually from, so as Toby said, Ephesians. So a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. So he's talking to a group of people, um, to the church. And um, in the same way, we should kind of hear it as a group of people. Um, so we're not the church in Ephesus, um, unfortunately, because otherwise we'd have better chance. But um, we are impacts, so that's how we're hearing it tonight. These words to us. And he's urging us to maintain the unity of the spirit. So we better work out what it is and how we do that. Because in the Bible, we should probably listen to it. So first off, let's work out what even is unity. Because it's quite a big word can apply in lots of different situations where we've heard it before maybe we have just kind of used it but not really thought about actually you know what is that um so when i was trying to think about 
what it was, and especially in this context of what it means, like what is unity for us as impact, um, came up with understanding it in terms of Manchester United, which was painful for me because I'm actually a Liverpool fan, um, but, but they did put United in their name, so I thought, fair enough, I'll use you. There they are. It's boo. Um, <laughs> I, no, it's fine. So Manchester United. Okay, I think this is a good example to explain to us what unity is. Anyone want to suggest why? What about Manchester United gives them the right to say they are United? Because they work as a team. They work as a team. Yeah? Most of the time. Yeah. They used to. They used to. They used to, yeah. It's an aim of theirs, a common aim, yeah? It's in the yeah, but why can they put that in the name? And everyone's like, yeah, fair. You can put that in the name. <laughs> yeah, but if they were, oh, I can't think of things on the spot very easily. But there's a reason that they can say it and get away with it. They tell us something about what unity is that people kind of agree with. So yeah, common name. Maybe people thinking of it like that. Um, in fact. I'd say that's quite often what people think of when they think of what does unity mean. It means people coming together, wanting to all achieve the same thing. That is what unites them, that, you know. And I actually asked my boss this today, um, what does unity mean for him? Just because I thought it would spark conversation. Um, and that is exactly what he, he said. For him, it's about that togetherness. What's the oxidate? Um Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, didn't it used to be something like together in yeah, for excellence? Together for excellence. There's another one. There's two. There's two. Oh, <laughs> together for excellence. Okay, so something about that all heading in the same direction together for a purpose. Yeah. Okay. So I have a problem with that. And my problem is that I think a good team, like when unity is working well, that would definitely be there, that you'll have a common purpose. But actually, there's loads of different aims in this team. Um, so De Gea, the goalkeeper, he wants to stop goals. Pogba, striker, he wants to make goals. Okay? Yet they're all one team. Um, and, and they didn't all go on the internet and write, I want to be the best footballer in Manchester, and then they all decided, okay, that, then we'll make a team. That's not how it happened. What actually happened was they were bought um, by this club, Manchester United, and they signed a contract, and they're all there under contract together, which is really interesting, because it means the fact that they're together is a product. It's something that has has been created, but not created by them. It's quite, yeah, let, let you mull that one over, but <laughs> it, is, it is pretty deep, but just ca carry on with me, but keep that in mind. Um, so, so they could all be fighting, they could all, which actually Manchester United, well, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they could all um, not like each other, um, they could all be wanting different things, and yet they're still Manchester United, okay? Because they've got this contract that means they are United. 
Right, so when we're trying to understand unity in the spirit, I kind of want to use some of that to explain it for us. What does it mean in the spirit? What does it mean for unity as us as Christians? Well, actually, we can say the same thing. Um, that we were bought not with millions and millions of pounds, but with the blood of Jesus and brought into the family of God. That's what the Spirit's done for us. In Ephesians 2.18, uh, it says, For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. So it's the Spirit has brought us into this family. Um, and like Manchester United, they've all got these red devils on their chest um, a sign that that is who they are the Holy Spirit also does that for us he's, he's referred to as um, our, the seal Okay, so in not like I think we talked about this already because I've been trying to make seal noises before <laughs> but um, <laughs> realising I can't do it uh, Ephesians 1.13 it talks about us being sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit so just like Manchester United have the symbol club on their chest to show that that team owns them we have the Holy Spirit to show that we are part of this family of God okay and so in that same way unity is something we have if you are a Christian and you're at impact then well not necessarily fear about if you are a Christian we have this unity as the family of God it's not negotiable it's not if we all decide we want the same thing, we want church to all look the same way, or we think we all agree that Christians should do this, this, and this, and then we all do it, that makes us have unity. Actually, we have it from square one. Nothing to do with us. Everything to do with what God has done for us. Okay? So, surprisingly, um, much to my disappointment, um, the Bible uses a different analogy to talk about what unity is rather than a football team. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, um, the Bible, God, he uses the term a body to show us what unity is. And that's how the church is talked about. The church is referred to as the body of Christ. So if we read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 31, there is body. Uh, two willing volunteers that both can't be Toby. I can read. You can read. Good. Anyone else read out there? Artie can read. Artie reads the first page. Alex reads the second. that I cannot say to the hand, 
I have no need of you, nor again to the head to the feet, nor again the head on oh, the head to the feet. Uh, I have no need of you. Uh, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, are all possesses gifts, oh, do all possess gifts of healing, uh, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Okay. So, although we said that unity is not something that we create, but something from the Holy Spirit is given to us, who we are. Just like the arm can't decide that it's not the body also, like, unless you have, you don't, I mean, you'd have to chop it off, and then it would just be an arm, it wouldn't be the body, but then it would also be really useless and rubbish. Um, so... body is that one but it doesn't stop there okay we don't like just like we said having a common aim in a football team is really important and um and actually it is something that you can kind of cultivate and improve on and you can get your players working better together and and that's really important for for achieving more achieving what they're supposed to do it would be I mean, they would hate their jobs if they just sucked as a football team um, because they weren't working well together. Um, <laughs> and they probably do. And just like the body, yes, it stands there, it is the body with all the different parts, but you need to get the parts moving and working. That's what they're made for. And that's kind of why this I put all of this here. Like You might have felt like that went on and on, but we see here how important each part of that body is that it's doing what it's made to do so I think point one is that the body the unity the one thing is awesome and we can't take away from that it is total complete there but that doesn't mean we shouldn't open up and look inside and kind of encourage us to realise what is happening inside. So that's what this verse do. It says, look, here's the church, it is the body, but there are loads of different parts and they've got to be working well. And it's it's a challenge because when we do that with us, do we see it working well? I don't know. Like impact, you are 
one body. Each one of you, individually, are members of this body. Is that how you see yourselves? It's really important. <laughs> it, like, it is so important. Like, if I, you know it's important, because if I tell you right now to pick up your finger, poke yourself in the eye really hard, you're not going to do it. <laughs> are you? You're not. You're not, because you know you're one body, and if you do that, it's going to hurt. Yeah? So we don't want to end up hurting our body, ourselves, our impact by poking ourselves in the eye, do we? That would, that would be stupid. But if we don't realise that effect, that that is true, that's what's going to happen. Yeah? There are just so many beautiful truths in understanding ourselves as this body. It means that we can celebrate each other so well. Okay, this, this bit at the end, it's kind of... Um, Rhetorical questions like, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? And the answer is no. No, they're not. And it would be rubbish if they all were, if we were all eyes, if we were all hands. We'd just be some kind of mutant body. Wouldn't be, wouldn't work where we are. We, I mean, we saw it earlier. You were all arms and you were really, really rubbish at that game. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So it means that we can celebrate the different things amongst us if we realise this is true, because we understand that, yeah, I may not be good at this, but that person is, which means kind of I am too. Yeah? I don't know. Get your head around that. <laughs> okay. I really, really, really want to convince you that this is about you guys. Okay. Not, this is about the church, some thing that I don't understand, and I, you know, church actually I find quite boring, so we'll just leave that by the side. No, this is about you guys, okay? So, I've got another example, which I think will convince you it's definitely about you. Next slide. This is a question for you, before we click on the note. Go on, tell me. What is the largest living organism on Earth? We've had your mum, we've had Toby's forehead, we've had the blue whale. A giraffe. Okay, we're going to go for blue whale, blue whale. Let's click on the link, let's see if it's true. Drum roll. On the link. On the, on the words. Sorry, I hid it. I was being too clever. I was imagining myself doing it. Okay. Actually, I opened it up in the tab, so if you just want to exit the tab. That would also work. Wow, nice picture though. Let's all just Best look at the picture. I took your first tree. answer as blue well. Here we go. Oh, we need sound. Everyone working together. Sorry, should have warned you. We're gonna have to plug in the mic again. It's gonna make the whole. Oh, you're in. Oh, is it? Sorry, you're. Did I take Oreo? Okay, go. The whales are the 
biggest animals ever to exist on Earth. They can weigh upwards of 150 tons, which is more than the largest dinosaurs. But the blue whale is not the biggest living thing. That title goes to, well, depending on what you mean by biggest. The tallest may be a California redwood nicknamed Hyperion. At a towering 115 meters, this giant is taller than the Statue of Liberty. The most extensive organism is a very old humongous fungus that covers a whopping 2,385 acres in a national forest in Oregon. At the base of trees, bunches of honey mushrooms appear. They are the fruiting bodies produced by the fungus, which otherwise lives out of sight. Imagine if apple trees grew underground and only the apples were visible to us. That's basically what the fungus does, except that it spreads its mycelia not just through the soil, but also through the roots and bark of trees in the forest, attacking them and stealing their nutrients so it can continue <gasps> spreading outwards. However, if we're talking about the good old heaviest organism ever found, that prize goes to a giant panda living high on a new top plateau. Just kidding. It goes to a single quaking aspen named Pando that weighs over 6,000 tons, as much as 40 blue whales. If you go to the Fish Lake National Forest, though, you won't see a giant tree trunk. You'll just see a forest of regular-sized trees. But thanks to genetic testing, we've learned that this stand of aspen covering 106 acres of land is actually a single clonal organism that grew from a lone seed long ago. That single tree was able to spread so much because its roots sent up shoots that grow into what look like individual trees. Since all 47,000 trees are part of the same organism, the forest behaves somewhat unusually. For example, the entire forest transitions simultaneously from winter to spring and uses its vast network of roots to distribute water and nutrients from trees with plenty to trees in need. Speaking of water, if you include water when weighing these giant organisms, then the humongous fungus might actually weigh more than Pando. But foresters, at least, care only about the mass actually produced during growth, the dry mass. And since fungi are mostly water, Pando wins. Either way, it's likely that some of the below-ground connections, whether roots or mycelia, have become severed over time, meaning these giants are probably comprised of smaller, but still ginormous and genetically identical patches. And finally, because of the extensive testing required to confirm biggest anything claims, the fungus and aspen can only profess to be the largest living organisms ever found. There may be even bigger monsters lurking right under our feet, just waiting to be discovered. Okay. So, who can tell me what is our what's our tagline? What's our mission statement? I can't remember. Big roots, deep roots, good fruit. So come on, this is this is you guys. <laughs> Far spreading mycelia, humongous fungus. How does that work? <laughs> no, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Um, so we'll keep with deep roots, good fruit. But come on, that is what a great picture is that of what you guys are. Okay, so when we talk about you guys growing your roots deep and the importance of that for you just going forward and being able to be the hope of the world which is honestly what we're saying that you guys are, because that's what the Bible says, and that's what Jesus says, and it's true. Okay, we want you to grow deep roots to do that, but you can't be thinking of that in those individual terms. It's just not how it is. It's like Pando, okay? Your roots are all connected. You are the hope of the world as a church, okay, as one body, which right now is 
looks very much like who you are as a group now, impact, <laughs> also relates to, to the wider church. Okay, we've got Hannah, what a great example. Okay, what a great example. She's off up in Nottingham, okay, but she's, she's one of you too. Okay, those roots have gone deep and they've sprung up over in Nottingham. Okay, Izzy, Izzy Mills, Toby's sister. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out. She, she's right now in Greece, okay? So those roots from impact have gone deep and it's sprung up fruit in Greece. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, Jordan, another great one. We're getting wider, okay? Roots from impact have gone deep. They've gone across the Atlantic Ocean and they've sprung up fruit in Seattle, okay? That's what you guys are part of. It's so exciting. Okay, but it doesn't come without some really hard work and going back to, to Paul's words. Because um, it doesn't, unfortunately, just happen. I mean, it does happen with the help of the Holy Spirit, which is what we've got to remember. Like, this is his unity. This is what he creates. He's going to help you do this. But it's going to take something from you as well, a response. So let's go back to Paul's words and try and get from what he's saying to the church in Ephesus what maybe he would want to say to us as well. So we're going to read it again, but we're going to read it in the message version, which is just like words that are chosen to be more easily understandable in the 21st century. Okay? No, it's not going Come on, wait on. Just click. Click, ready. Oh, yeah, so what? What? <laughs> okay, this, this is so what. Um, so I'm going to read it. I want you guys to listen, and I want you guys to be listening, like Ashley said, to what God is saying to you for a response from this. Okay, if you guys can really get hold of this and agree with me that you are this one body, one impact, one church together, then what would God say you should do in response? Okay? Maybe it's in here, maybe it's something God would say to your heart, but just it's open our ears. So in light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. Well, I'm locked up here in prison for the master, I want you to get out there and walk, better yet run, on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. You are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. We've got two minutes. <laughs> We're going to take communion because that's communion is exactly this. It's a representation of this unity that we have together. But as we're doing it, I want you to be just recognizing the truth of what it is that we share in one God. Okay, the, the bread, it represents Christ. In as one. In Corinthians 11, 23, 26, 
talks about communion, and Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Um, so this, what Paul is saying, he's saying, do it, take communion, remember Jesus. And he's saying this, you can read it for yourself in 1 Corinthians 11, in a part where the church is just really sniping at each other, um, being mean to each other, not thinking of one another, putting themselves ahead of others. And he says, take communion. Take it seriously because it shows we are drinking from one cup and eating from one bread, which is Jesus. We are together in what Jesus has done. So let's take communion now. And uh, Ashley has just the one cup, so we're all going to queue up and, um, and take it. And then I want you just to, before you go, just pray. Just ask God what he would say to you tonight, because we've heard from Ashley, he's got something to say to you. And then let's carry forward, let's run, let's do it together.